This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Hello there. I'm so excited to be back with you. Dr. Siobhan here. And there's so many things going on. (laughs) I hope you are having a good summer. I am still going through it with allergies and stuffiness and all of the things. My kids are home today, which makes for a fun day to record a podcast. My son's class was quarantined because a student had symptoms. No test yet, but that's the protocol. So he's home until the child with the symptoms had a negative test. And then my daughter is home from camp because we were going and she fell and hurt her knee pretty badly. So That was a quick trip to the nurse's office to get everything bandaged up. And then we came right home, sent a photo to daddy, who is in the medical profession. And we both exchanged sad face and crying emojis because it's a pretty, pretty bad knee injury. But I'm grateful. And so I offered that to you because... You know, it may be a little bit noisier in the background than we are accustomed to. Someone may pop in here. I may cough. I may sneeze. Like, we'll just see what happens. But I wanted to go ahead and get this done because we have something very important to talk about. This idea of holding the space for your spouse's transformation. Now, in the coaching industry, there is a term called holding the space where I want you to imagine you're literally like holding something delicate and precious and sacred in your hand. And as a coach, I am trained to hold the space for clients, which really just means I sit and hold the belief, hold the faith, hold the expectation that they are going to get everything that they need from the experience of working with me. So whatever goal it is, whatever desire it is, whatever intention they have come to the coaching experience wanting to fulfill, I sit and see that as possible for them. I sit and believe that it's as good as done, even as we go through the process and the steps and as we journey together to create that as their reality. And so I love the concept of holding the space. I think personally for me, it puts me at a higher plane. It puts me in spirit. It puts me in connection with God for his will, for 
the breakthroughs that, you know, are to come for this specific person. And so I know many of you who listen to the podcast are wanting to achieve a goal in your marriage and how you feel and how you interact with your spouse. I know most of you listeners are women. So I will talk to you as wives and most of my clients, most of the people listening to this podcast are married to men who are husbands. So I will use that language, but if you do not fit into any of those categories, I also encourage you to listen and apply it to your situation as well. When it comes to our spouse And if we aren't as happy as we can be in the marriage, it's likely because we see something in them that we would like to be different. Maybe we want them to be more present. Maybe we want them home more. Maybe we want them more responsive to our emotional needs. Maybe we want them to prioritize this time that they spend with us. Maybe we want them to be more ambitious, more goal-oriented, more responsible with money, right? The list goes on and on and on. And I think that's okay. I think it's the human condition to look at something and think about how it could be better. And if it were better to then imagine how much happier we would be, how much better off we would be if that thing in question was improved in the way that we think it should be improved. So I'm no different, right? I have a human brain. And when I say that that's okay, it's from a place of like just accepting that it is there. Doesn't mean that I'm going to say, yes, you should definitely look at all the things your husband's doing wrong and want him to be different. But it does mean that it's just the human condition and there's nothing wrong with you if you find yourself in this place a lot more than maybe you would like. So I want to normalize it that it's what human brains do. We're human. Our brains have a lot of stories that it makes up for how we could be feeling better if our spouse were different. Okay. So if you're in that place, I want you to think about like, what is the transformation? What is the change? What is the shift that you want in your spouse? And many times, People aren't entirely clear. (laughs) They know that they want their marriage to be happier. They want to feel happier. They want to be more connected. But when I'm like, what specifically is it that you want your husband to be doing that he's not doing? What specifically is the way you want him to be being that he's not being? And do you know that answer for yourself? Some of you, yes, you may have a list and be very clear about what those things are. For others of you, you may not be. You may not have really been asked the question in this way, or maybe you're used to giving sort of a broad strokes, vague answer. And I want you to be really, really specific because what I'm going to do in this episode is offer you six steps that will help you with that. And the more specific you are on the front end, the deeper you can take this work and the deeper you can apply what I'm going to share and actually create a breakthrough for yourself and actually start feeling the way that you want to be feeling. Okay. So 
The first thing that I want you to ask yourself as we think about holding the space for your spouse's transformation is to ask yourself why. (laughs) Why do you want this to be different? And you want to give a real answer, not just because, or I would be so much happier or things would be so much better, but I want you to really sort of dissect this. Like, why? Why do you want it to be different? And it could be that you want it to be different because you truly and genuinely believe that this change in your spouse would enhance your relationship together. It would enhance your family. It would enhance your life together, right? These are sort of the honorable, noble reasons, right? Maybe it's that it would honor their best self to be this way right? If your spouse has anger issues or a temper or doesn't connect with their emotions, you might be looking at that and think like, man, it would be in their best interest to be this other way. Like their life would be so much better. They would be so much happier. Things would be so much greater for them if they had this change. Other honorable reasons might be it honors God, right? So as you think about who we've been called to be as children of God, as you think about the mark we are all trying to strive for and how we live and love in this world, you may look at your spouse and see like, man, they're not really measuring up to like the mark God has for us, right? And I want you to just notice like, where is it coming from, this thing that you want to be different? The other place that it might be coming from is from a resistance or from a escaping of your own growth and development, right? I know. So what do I mean by that? If, for example, you want your spouse to encourage you more or to compliment you more or to praise you more, It may feel like on the surface, like, well, of course they should do that. That's just an amazing thing to do. But is it really you want that because you don't have to do it for yourself if they do it, right? So this is something I personally have had to work through. I used to rely on a lot of external validation to sort of make me feel good. Part and parcel when you're sort of a high achiever and you know, you have gotten a lot of praise for your skills, for your abilities, for the things that you contribute. And so when it came to my husband, though, he's not naturally inclined to give a lot of praise. And I used to not like that. (laughs) I used to really want that to be different. And I had to learn and had to see that In the absence of his validation, I got to validate myself, which is actually the better place to be because if you're the one validating yourself, you can't ever not have that available to you. When we get into positions where we're relying so much on someone else to feed our emotions, to make us happy, to make us feel safe and secure and loved, when we get into sort of like a very needy place with that, then we will always 
live in void of that because we're all human. We are all imperfect and no one is going to get that right for you a hundred percent of the time. But if you grow and evolve and develop the skill within yourself to be able to validate yourself, compliment yourself, appreciate yourself, then your cup is always full and anything else you get from your spouse is just a wonderful addition to what you've already created for yourself. So is part of the reason why you want your spouse to be different because if they're different, then you just get out of doing the work, right? It's almost like a shortcut, a shortcut to loving yourself at your highest capacity. And in the process, what happens is you begin to delegate responsibility of your emotions to your spouse. It's like, well, you're supposed to make me happy. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to take care of me in these very specific ways. And it's like you put that on them and you never learn how to do it for yourself. Sometimes this desire to see our spouse be different also comes from potentially just having unrealistic expectations. And I know this is hard. I was joking with a client of mine this week who had recently watched like a Hallmark movie, romantic comedy or romantic drama. And it sent her spinning into all the ways her husband wasn't what she wanted him to be. I can relate to this, right? Like I was one of those, you know, young adults who read all the romance novels. I loved all the Lifetime and Hallmark movies. Like give me all of the bells and whistles. I watched soap operas. So want to talk about exposure to over-romanticized relationships. And so we've been working on one, just the realization that what we see on TV and what we see in social media and other outlets is not real. It's not how it is every single day. And when we have a skewed image of what a romantic partnership, what a marriage is supposed to look like, we begin to form these myths and unrealistic expectations. So you want to look at is what I'm wanting to see in my spouse genuinely realistic? Or is it something that's just some romanticized idea that I saw on my Facebook newsfeed, on Instagram reels, or on TV? Okay. Now, what I want to offer you to this point, though, to this question of asking yourself why, whether your intentions are truly from an, you know, a place of honoring who your spouse can be, of honoring God, or whether it's from, you know, you trying to sort of delegate some of your emotional well-being to them, I want you to know that these things are not mutually exclusive, right? It could be a little bit of both. And you want to know that. You want to know, where am I doing this really out of love and out of wanting the best for this person, wanting the best for our family? And where am I doing this out of my own selfish desires, right? Because we all have that in us. And how can you look at this time and space where that aspect of your spouse isn't different as the opportunity for you to grow, right? So that was the first piece of all of this, asking yourself why. The second piece is really understanding where your spouse is now and why 
there where they are now. For some people, this is a total mystery, right? Like if you have a spouse who's not very communicative or very open with how they're feeling, you may not really know what's going on with them. But I want to just encourage you to try your best to find out. And when my kids were born, I remember like when I didn't know what they needed or what was going on with them, I just decided to be a student of them. I literally would like study them like, oh, this cry must mean this. Let me try these three things and see what works. And I think one of the greatest things you can do for your marriage and to be able to cultivate an environment of mutual understanding is to become a student of each other. And being a student of each other just means that you study each other. You're there to learn. You're not there to promote your agenda. You're not there to like, you know, make them understand you. You're just there observing, listening, looking, taking in what might be happening for them. Right. And so when you can really put yourself in the position of understanding, like, well, the reason he is more reserved or the reason he's quiet is because maybe he grew up in a family where children were seen and not heard. Maybe he was shut down a lot. Maybe it wasn't safe for him to voice his concerns, right? Maybe he went to school and was bullied and learned to just hold things in and to not speak what's on your mind, right? Maybe he wasn't praised a lot as a child growing up. And so he focuses on doing things right or being perfect and doesn't think about how to celebrate the small things and offer you compliments, right? So you really want to just look from a place of non-judgment, right? Maybe if you want your spouse to be more ambitious or more successful, maybe it's recognizing that like, he has a lot of insecurities and there's good reasons why that is his experience. And so in order for him to show up as the husband I want him to be, he's got to work through some of those insecurities first. Maybe you have a spouse that works a lot and is over focused on ambition and success. And so maybe that's because he grew up in a family where he was only praised or noticed when he did really, really big things right? So there's lots of reasons that motivate people to show up the way that they do. And when you're looking at your spouse and sort of offended by what they're doing, you don't really get the opportunity to learn, right? So you want to sort of just take yourself out of it and just become a student of them. Map out like what you think might be going on, what it could be. And certainly as you're able to do that, you won't be as frustrated and maybe you can have some really wonderful conversations to truly understand what is happening for them, right? The third piece is trusting and surrendering. (laughs) And I chuckle because this is sometimes the hardest part. I'm reading a book right now, an audio book, and one of the chapters is about control and all the ways that we try to control. And the author is sort of teaching how to surrender, how to sort of rest in God, rest in the sovereignty of God, and really just 
take your hands off of things that you feel like you should have your hands on. That book, by the way, if you're just curious, it's called She's Got Issues and it's by Nicole Eunice, U-N-I-C-E. It's so funny because when I saw the title of this book, I was scrolling through Audible and it's actually included in my subscription. So I didn't even have to use one of those sacred Audible credits. I wasn't going to read it. I was like, she's got issues. Like that's not the mindset I want to be in, but I'm so glad I picked it up because it's amazing. It's an amazing book. It's both interesting and engaging just the way the author reads it. And also very profound. So back to what I was saying though, trusting and surrendering. Here is where you have to believe that somehow your spouse is exactly where they're supposed to be and somehow they figure out where they want to go and they get there. This is literally like the foundational belief that where they are now isn't wrong. And I know that's hard, especially if the way that they're being is in conflict with some of your needs and some of your desires, but it doesn't make it wrong. And I, you know, am of the mindset that everything happens according to like divine timing, right? Like there's certain experiences, certain situations, certain revelations and different awarenesses that people get right when they need it. And so for you to sort of look at your spouse and determine like, no, they should be different. This needs to be different about them. I want you to just like pause for a moment and consider like, what if I'm wrong here? Like, what if they're right where they're supposed to be right now? And what if the way that I'm thinking about it or the timeline that I have isn't really the right thing? The reason this is so important is because when you can be unattached, when you can just trust and rest in the peace that it's all working out, you can actually hold the space then, right? So remember when I defined holding the space, it's like believing in that end result. But if you are in there trying to control it and nudge them and make them see it a specific way, you're not holding the space, you're pushing the space. And nine times out of 10, when people feel pressured or pushed or judged or criticized or made to feel that they're wrong, they're going to resist it. And you actually block what could be a natural process of evolution and unfolding. So take your hands off. And I'm saying this to you and I'm saying it to me too, right? Because I am a person that has a lot of standards, a lot of expectations, a lot of needs. And so sometimes those aren't always met. Like even right now, my kids are screaming upstairs with the babysitter. I don't know what is going on, (laughs) but I am here with you trusting and surrendering that they are doing what they're supposed to do. No one's crying and hurt. So I'm just trusting and surrendering that it's fine. And that ultimately they'll stop, which it seems like they have, at least for this moment, right? So the best that I can offer you here is just leave it to God. Like holding the space is just letting it go from something that you obsess about, 
something you over-focus on, something that you try to make happen on a specific timeline. And honestly, this is sometimes the hardest part, okay? Step number four is to be honest and share your desires, but from a place of love and acceptance. So it's totally fine to say like, hey, I would love for us to have more time together. I would love for us to figure out how to talk in a way where like we both feel heard and understood. I would love to find a way where we both feel really good in each other's presence and we're saying nice things to each other. Right? Like you can express what you want, but from a place of love and from a place of acceptance, not from a place of like you're wrong, right? So the you're wrong way <laughs> would look like you should be home more. I can't believe that you spend so much time doing this other stuff and you spend no time here. Right? Now that's a little bit off putting, right? And I know many times when we are upset and reacting out of negative emotion, like that's how things come out, which is why the surrendering part and the understanding them is so important. Because when you come from a place of understanding, when you come from a place of just trusting that it's all going to be well, then you can share your desires without like this chokehold on them that they have to happen. It has to be this way. They have to get it. They have to understand. Where it's like you just make an offering, like, hey, I would love this. I want you to just feel the difference of that, how much lighter it is. It's almost like someone was like, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want anything? You're like, oh, I would love some ice cream, right? Not you better get me some ice cream. I can't believe you didn't get me any ice cream, (laughs) right? So just notice where you live more, okay? Number five is Busy yourself with other things that fulfill your needs in healthy ways, right? So the reason, one of the reasons as we discussed in the why, that you might want your spouse to be different, you might want them to shift and change, is because there's a need you have that you believe if they were different, they would actually be fulfilling. And so your needs are your needs. Your needs are actually your responsibility. They are truly most fulfilled by you and by God. And so I want to encourage you that as you're holding the space and you're being unattached and you're trusting and surrendering and you're understanding them, that you still find ways to honor what you need that are healthy, that represent the person that you want to be. So one of the things I often recommend to my clients and I use myself is I'm a words of affirmation person. And so I have this app that I use that just sends me little reminders throughout the day and you customize them. Like you type in whatever you want and I get these little love notes from myself because I love getting nice words and compliments. So that's one way I've decided. That's one way I teach my clients to meet their own needs. If you want to hear you look beautiful. I love you. I'm thinking of you. Have a great day. There are ways that you can 
create that experience for yourself that don't require you convincing your husband that he's wrong for not doing it more. And then number six is appreciating and acknowledging any tiny progress. I think this is so important because our brains are very conditioned to sort of all or nothing thinking where it's like, this is either working amazing in our relationship or it's horrible, right? And when you can acknowledge like, well, hey, we are a little bit better than we were last month. Or I see you making an effort in this thing, in this area of our relationship, then you build momentum. You're not in this deficit space of everything's wrong. Oh my gosh, it's not working. But you're like, oh, I see some tiny progress. And then you can add your faith to that progress, right? You're looking out for more like, oh, it's happening. Let me enjoy this and be on the lookout for what's next because it's coming, right? So that's just what I want to offer you as you consider the shifts, the change, the difference you would love to see in your spouse, how to hold the space for that, how to do so from a place of love, of honor, of understanding, And of patience, because let's be honest, going through these steps requires a lot of patience, which may be the very thing that you need the most, not only in marriage, but in life. I know it's the case for me. So I hope that this has been helpful and I encourage you to hold the space, hold the space for them, hold the space for you and your own transformation, just the same. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.